With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was every activities to do. Jesus is a Today, I hope we will be able to finish 
it today. But we will try as much as possible to uh, get in and understand what this gift is all about and how we will be able to benefit from it and others will also benefit from it as well. Hallelujah. If you want to call in, the number is 646-668-2413. Right now, let's go in and start. Father, we just bless you. We thank you for the gift you've given us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And we are here. Teach us in the way that you want us to learn. And we are here. Father, we open our heart to you, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, we silence every activities of distraction. Every spirit that is not of God, we silence it in the name of Jesus. And we are covering ourselves with the blood of Jesus. And we repent for all that we have done uh, all to this time, even beyond. I repent and forgive me everything I have done that is not right. Wash away every sin. And, and we thank you for the blood you shed for me and others as well. We bless you, Father. We give you all the glory and all the honor in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? It's good. It's good. And the devil is back. Yeah. So we are continuing. Last week, we, we talked about uh, a gift of administration. Talked about apostleship, talked about evangelism, discernment, exhortation, faith, uh, giving, uh, healing. So today, let's continue with that. So for healing, I just wanted to include uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. And there are other places for uh I mean, there are other healing scriptures you can use as well. But I just wanted to include this First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 20, 24. It says, Who on his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That is awesome. He took all our sins by his own self on the cross that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness. And by whose stripes you were healed. So you were healed, and I was healed on that cross. So sickness no more will he have dominion over our body. See, it, it, it will just come. If it comes, it will be symptoms. Then it will try to like fight here and there, and it will go in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Again, First Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 24. Mm-hmm. Now, let's continue now. Now, i I like to uh, continue with the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues. Okay? The spiritual gift of tongues is very essential in the church. And, uh, excuse me. When it is used, it is more accurately called the gift of languages. And most most of the time, it's a language that is unknown to the one speaking it. So you you might be speaking it, but you don't know what is being said until there's interpretation coming. And uh, there are all kinds of uh, uh, tongues in, in the scripture. So that would be another uh, message on its own self. There are different kinds of tongues. So I'm not going to give you that this is the Greek, uh, Greek meaning of tongue because there are so many. Okay? So I'm just going to try and describe what we need to know uh, about uh, this tongue. Okay? There's much more to be said about the spiritual gift of tongues, but we will just summarize a few of them. Okay? It's uh, it's uh, 
it, it, it came as an outpouring. When we go to, um, let's see if we can quickly do this. <coughs> I'm going to the scripture now. Let's see. We go to uh, the book of Acts, chapter 2. Okay. We go to the book of Acts, chapter 2. So I'm just going to read from uh, King James Version, okay, quickly. It said, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them Glowing tongues, glowing tongues, like as of fire. Now, the Greek meaning of the uh, the tongue that is said here, tongues, that is plural, that is uh, diverse tongues. So I might be speaking one tongue, somebody else might be speaking the different kinds of tongues, and the, the next person will be speaking different kinds of tongues, okay? So the 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 uh, here it, uh, it means language. It means language. Okay, the, that is the Greek meaning here. Glossia, gloss, gloss, glossesa. Okay, or glossa. Yeah, glossa or glossé. Okay, so it means a language. Okay, and uh, uh, like. Uh, two says, and they appear unto them a clothing uh, uh, tongues like as of a fire, and sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterances. Okay, so, and you can read on and on. From uh, verse five, you can you can see the how the, the the people around some of them were able to see uh, and uh, that they were actually speaking in their own language, and um, um, that's how it spread. So today, when we uh, are being filled with the Spirit of God, we can begin to speak in other tongues. Uh, sometimes it comes and we begin to speak in other tongues and um uh, we sometimes we begin to speak in uh <clears throat> in a tongue that somebody else can interpret and so on and so forth. Okay. Let's continue now. Now not Every believer received this tongue. The gift of tongue is not what every believer will receive. That does not mean you are not a believer. Okay? Not every believer received this gift. It's like a gift of administration, gift of healing, gift of uh, uh, giving. Not everybody will receive a gift of administration. Just because it's a gift does not mean everybody will have the gift of tongue. No, no, no. You see? So the gift of tongue is not a requirement or a necessary sign of of, of salvation. In other words, you, you check that in First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. Let's quickly go there. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 30. Okay, 12 verse 30. Uh, okay, let me start from verse 9 and uh, verse 29. He said, Are all apostles? Of course, not everybody is an apostle. 
are all prophets, of course, we know that, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. Okay, now verse 30 now, have all the gift of healing? Of course, no. We all don't have gift of healing. Do all speak with tongues? No. Not everybody is going to be speaking in tongues. Do all interpret? Of course, no. You see? So we see here that it's not a requirement for salvation. Just because I speak in tongues, then that means uh, I'm saved. No. Like I said the other time, every good gift of God is being replicated or duplicated by Satan. Satan also has his own gift of tongues. Just because I'm speaking tongues, does that mean that it's a, it might be a fake tongues? Maybe I don't know. You see, but we believe on that day, it, it, the Lord will say, "Yes, this is the tongue I ask you to speak." Okay, so it's it's not a requirement or a sign of salvation. It it does not classify somebody and say, "Okay, you are now saved." No, it's not because sometimes I have known. I've seen many people, they don't speak tongues, and they have been prayed for, prayed for. They don't speak tongues, but they are good Christians. So it's it's not a, a requirement, okay? Tongues can be human languages, such as those we had in Acts chapter 2, but often it may be a language no one understands. It could be a language that I speak, Somebody else from Asia or from uh, uh, Africa might, might, might understand what I'm saying. Or it could be something which is mystery. Tongues are not uh, uh, something that is disorderly. It's an orderly uh, part, act of God, which we do. Uh, which means it's not something that I can say, oh, I cannot, I can, I cannot control it. No, it's, it's like normal talking and talking. And it can be controlled. So they are able to be controlled by the one speaking. You can read that on First uh, Corinthians chapter 14 from verse 27 to 28, verse 33 also, then also uh, 39 to 40. Okay. No tongue should be spoken in the church garden without interpretation. That is, in, in, a, in a church that, uh, gathering, uh, <clears throat> it becomes like uh, uh, we, we are just silent. Like, uh, I, I, I didn't want to talk more on this because it's his own uh, teaching because I've seen so many. Is his own teaching or his own? Uh, maybe if it's a time where everybody is quiet and you the, the now the Lord quicken you now to speak in a in a in a language and you begin to speak in a language. So there, either you interpret it or somebody else interpret it, so that others will be able to understand what is being said. On this note, let me let me go to uh, let me go to this one. First uh, Corinthians chapter First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse twenty-two. It said, "Tongues then are a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Tongues then are a sign." Not for believer, but for the unbeliever, for the for the unbelievers, so that when we then interpret it, the unbelievers will, will now be benefited from it. So, but for somebody who is a believer, he knows that he's speaking to God. So if I begin to speak in tongue now, I know I'm glorifying God. God understands what I'm saying, and it blesses me, and you bless Him as well. Okay, so. So verse 23 says, so if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and some who do not understand or some unbelievers come in 
We did not say that you are all, you are out of your mind. But if an unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in while everybody is prophesying, we will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all. Okay? So that is how it is done. But there is a time where everybody begins to speak in other tongues. That is glorifying God as well. Okay? So there is a separate place for, I mean, there is uh, a place for every kind of tongues. There's a time where everybody is just speaking in tongues. There's a time where uh, nearly everybody is quiet and the Lord quickening one person. So the uh, 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 tear the congregation of what the Lord is saying. Hallelujah. Now, no tongue should be spoken in the church gathering without interpretation. Okay? Then tongues should not be forbidden. Okay. We we cannot uh forbid anyone to uh not to speak in tongues. Say, hey, you are speaking, we don't believe it here, we don't recognize it here. No, it's in the scripture. First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse thirty nine. Verse thirty nine. <laughs> quickly go there. Verse thirty nine. Therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. You see, it's there. So do not forbid speaking in tongues. Don't forbid it in yourself and don't forbid others to speak in tongues. And actually, look at what Paul said in, uh, in that same chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's, let's see what he said in, uh, in verse 18. He said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. You see, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. So it's good. It bless you. Hallelujah. Now, in heaven, an, innum- an, uh, 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 an innumerable group from every nation, tribe, people, and tongue will join together to praise God with one language. So we are going to be preaching, uh, I mean, we are going to be glorifying God with one language. Now, the Holy Spirit gives some believers the spiritual gift of tongues to glorify God with the help of an interpreter to edify the church. So with the help of an interpreter, it will edify you, it will edify me. Now, this gift is dealt with extensively in the scriptures. So I, I will not, this is just a summary. And it's you, and it you should not be discouraged. Okay, so I hope that explained that. Now, let's go for the, uh, uh, the, uh, the gift of interpretation. Okay, the gift of interpretation. Kind of talked a little bit about that. Now, the spiritual gift of interpretation of tongues is found is found alongside found alongside the gift of speaking in tongues in First Corinthians chapter Now, the thing says, to another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, that is to another person, the training of spirit, to another person, diverse kinds of tongues, and to another person, the interpretation of tongues. That is, you will, you will translate what the person is saying. The interpretation, the Greek meaning is, is habina. That is translate, simply translate, translate what is being said. Sometimes it's not word to word. Sometimes somebody may have speaking maybe hundreds, where sometimes 
and the law condense it to just few uh, in those minutes. Okay, so it's not what well and lawyer. So translation of what is being said in the spirit. Okay. The Greek word for yeah, I already said that uh, simply means to interpret, to explain, to expound some message that is not able to be understood in a natural way, that is in a spiritual way. So the spiritual growth, the spiritual gift, this spirit, this, this gift, uh, uh, interpretation of tongues is a supernatural ability to understand. The spirit messages uttered in our own language. So the Lord will empower us to be able to understand what that person is saying. And we will be able to interpret it and uh, uh, give the meaning of what the person is saying to the members at that time. Now, this is a revelatory gift, meaning that God reveals the meaning of the word of messages being spoken and allow the interpreter to com- communicate its meaning to those who need to hear it. This is awesome. You, you, you realize that without this guy doing this interpretation of terms, we are in the dark. And we are not supposed to be in the dark. And most of the time, most churches are in the dark. So there should be somebody like this who comes out. Not, maybe not every, every in a spirit-filled church, there will be somebody who comes out with the gift of, <coughs> excuse me, gift of tongues, to come out with the interpretation of tongues and be able to encourage uh, the, the body of Christ of different situations. At that time, very, very important to encourage believers in this day. So when you realize that when this happens in the church, two things happen. The church is edified and God is glorified. So you are edified, edified, and God is glorified. Is that not amazing? Now, this spiritual gift of interpretation is given by the Holy Spirit to uh, certain individuals to reveal messages spoken in an unknown tongue to God for the building of, of the church. Like the gift of prophecy, tongues that are, interpret, that are interpreted have the effect of encouraging and blessing the church to love and serve God more deeply and effectively. So it's uh, a blessing for us to have this by us. So if you want to read further, read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 from verse 1 to 28. The whole of it we tell you more about this as well. Hallelujah. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. Now, let's go to the gift of knowledge. So wonderful. Knowledge and understanding. Most of the time, we don't understand and people perish for lack of what? Knowledge. And understanding is so important for us. You know, mm-hmm. understanding, knowledge, the three of them goes together. So the spiritual gift of uh, the spiritual gift is Spiritual gift of knowledge is also known as the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge. Just a moment. 
It's known as one as the as the uh, word of knowledge or utterances of knowledge. And and uh, the Greek word for this gift is gnosis. It simply means knowledge and understanding. So the spiritual emphasis in First Corinthians chapter twelve verse eight is on the ability to speak this knowledge to others in a given situation. In a given what situation? Now, the Holy Spirit gives this spiritual gift to some believers to bring about understanding and to inform the church or individual believers. Now, this gift is closely related to the gift of wisdom. And we can see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 18. Let's see, 1 Corinthians First Corinthians chapter one verse eighteen. Sorry. Okay. Uh, chapter one verse eighteen. First Corinthians chapter one verse eighteen. So I read. He said, "For the preaching of the of the cross is to them that perishes foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God." For well, it is written, verse 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where, verse 20 says, it says where is the wise, where is the scribe, where is the discuter of this word, and no God made foolish the wisdom of this word? Yeah. That means foolish, the wisdom of this world. So you read it from 18 to 31, okay? And verse 21 says, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block, and unto the, unto the great foolishness. And so on and so forth to 31. Okay, read it at your spare time. Now, So the person with this gift is usually known best in the scripture and often as much committed to memory. They can retain the truth and communicate it effectively at the appropriate times. The gift of knowledge allows a believer to relate the scriptures and particularly the gospel of Jesus Christ to all aspects of life in the world. They can see how it connects to every situation and circumstances. And how the reality and the truth of the gospel is to inform every decision a Christian makes. You know, Paul spoke of knowledge and recognized that the highest form of knowledge among men is, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the testimony about Christ. So what we can conclude then is the gift of knowledge is an understanding of the things in this world and in our life that is founded in the gospel and rooted in the scripture. And the scripture is our standard. When you go to the book of Proverbs, you will find so many areas that talks about understanding, talks about uh, uh, knowledge. Okay. 
Now, the spiritual gift of leadership is closely related to the gift of administration and the spiritual gift of pastorship and shepherd. They are all related. Leadership, uh, uh, administration, uh, uh, pastor, shepherd, they are all uh, interwoven they are in the same area. You realize that somebody can administrate, then he can he he, he will be able to be a good pastor. Okay, and he will be able to be a good shepherd because he's a leader. Okay, so the Greek word for the spiritual gift of leadership is prosthemi. Okay, the word means to lead, to assist, to protect and to care for others. Now, the spiritual gift of leadership is found in Romans chapter 12, verse 8. And it's uh, uh, between the gift of giving and, and mercy. So giving and mercy, that's where it is. So let's delve in and um, let's see what it is. 12, 8. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. Let's see. Now, uh, verse 12, verse 8. I mean, chapter 12, verse 8. <clears throat> Romans chapter 12, verse 8. Okay. Now, uh, maybe we start from 7. He said, verse 7 says, Our ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teaches on teaching, verse 8 now, or he that exhorted, on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth, ah, that is to stand before, the Greek meaning means to stand before, uh, to practice, to maintain, to rule, to preside, with diligence, okay, then he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, okay, ruleth, leader, okay. Now, it is placed there intentionally to show that it's a gift associated with caring for others. So we are not going to treat people with our leadership. It's to care. It's to serve. It's to be there for others. It's to direct. To be able to exhort, encourage others. We are not going to rule over people. Say, yeah, I'm the best here. You do what I say and all that kind of uh, attitude. No. But we are there to assist to protect and to care for our brothers and sisters. Okay? This is what connects it to the gift of pastor and shepherd. Uh, what differentiates it from the gift of administration? It is more people-oriented than task-oriented in its application. This is not to say that those with the gift of administration do not care for people. Of course, they do. But those with spiritual gift of leadership focus on people and relationships more directly. Okay? So, we find that the gift of leadership focus on people and relationships more directly. Amen. Amen. Now, the Holy Spirit gives the spiritual gift of leadership to some in the church to care for God's people and lead them in deeper relationship with Christ and each other. So they base their success on how well they help others succeed and grow in their spiritual work with, with Christ. So they are able to accomplish many different tasks and objectives as they lead, but they will always lead relationally and with a deep concern 
for the well-being of others. Now, these people, they are visionaries. And they are less concerned with mundane detail tasks than those with spiritual gift of administration. And many of these guys are entrepreneurial and they are willing to take risks to see the kingdom of God advance through the church. They will go to great length to protect those under their care and are well equipped to lead through crisis situations. And if if you see this kind of people in times of crisis situation, that is when you will see their leadership skill. You will see them take over the situation in a manner in which if you are not a leader, you will crash. So they will so much manage the whole situation uh, in a way that uh, you will see that, yeah, this guy was actually gifted, okay? We're actually a gifted person on how to lead, okay? So sometimes when we are leading, we also need other people as well to help us uh, with, with it. So you are uh, able to delegate and you know the proper person to delegate things to. It's not that we will do all by ourselves alone. We cannot do all by ourselves alone. Remember Moses was trying to do all by himself alone? No. We delegate some aspect to other people. People that have been you've tested them out and you see where they lie that they will be able to do what you are going to tell them to do. And you will put them in charge of uh, ministries, in charge of areas. It might not be just ministry, it might be in the organization, it might be in your workplace, it might be in your business. Yeah, you are not going to put somebody who doesn't know how to administer in some aspect of your business. Sometimes you might have to train, but if it's not learning, if it's not picking up, then you might have to put somebody the Lord has brought in to help you, who has been gifted to lead in that particular area so that your business can go on well. That's what we are saying. So it's not that you are there to do all by yourself. So a leader should be able to identify key people because God will give you discernment. Discernment will be part of your gift. You'll be able to realize that this guy will be able to identify who will be able to help you in your area so that you can move forward. Hallelujah. And it's all leadership skill. Identifying people with abilities. Hallelujah. So important for us. So now you can read First Timothy chapter 3 from verse 4 to 5. And the same book of Timothy, read chapter 12. Uh, excuse me, uh, verse 12. And uh, chapter 5, verse 17. They will all be a good place to to read. And also First Thessalonians chapter five verse twelve and three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's talk about mercy. Remember we talked we we, we when we read the, the 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 book of Romans chapter twelve verse eight there was a mercy there as well. He said, uh, verse 12, Romans 12, verse 8. Uh, he said, oh, I'm reading from King James Version, Old English. He said, Or oh, he that exalted on exhortation, he that giveth 
Let him do it with simplicity, and he that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy. And mercy here means, a uh, Greek word means, uh, uh, it, uh, or a leo. It means to be compassionate, to have compassion. Okay? Pity. Okay, so so like I said, it it it's uh, very nice for all Christians to have this, for all of us to have this. It boils down to we having love, having the love of Christ. It boils down to us being a Christian, to being a believer. So how can we be a believer? We don't have mercy. So the moment we are born again, this gift should be inside every one of us. I don't believe this should be a gift where uh, you don't have it. No, everyone should have this. To me, it's compulsory. Yeah. You say all Christians are called to be merciful because God has been merciful to us. All Christians, period, are called to be merciful. Because God has been merciful to us. Yes. We don't we didn't deserve anything to receive mercy. It's by his grace we had mercy. We know we deserve the wrath of God. Second uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse one to three. We never deserve any grace or any mercy. Then we we now receive mercy. Then we are not able to give it to others because we are right, or because somebody has offended us, because we we uh, are unforgiving, so we are not able to render forgiveness. We are offended, so no mercy. Some part, no, 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 no. We have to be more compassionate. We have to be patient. Toward those who are suffering, toward those who are afflicted, toward those who have opted against us, toward those who have afflicted us. Yes. Toward those who have of all kinds of things against us. We have to be merciful. So the consign for the physical as well as spiritual need of those who are hurting is covered by the gift of mercy. Those with this gift have great empathy for others in these trials. I mean, in their trials and in their suffering. They have great empathy for people, empathy for brothers, empathy for sisters. That is you put yourself in that situation as you what you want. What will you what will you do? How will you feel? That's where we have compassion. You know, Jesus looked at in Jerusalem, look at the people, he saw them as people without shepherds. He had compassion on the people. People were weary, people were there was like no hope. But he had compassion on the people. He had compassion on them. Compassion on you. He had compassion on him. He had compassion on the world. The more reason why he died for the world. Because of compassion. Hmm? He has great empathy for us. In our trials, in our suffering. Remember in in, uh, in, the, in the book of Exodus. Remember when the uh, I think it's Exodus chapter two when he saw the people were now being maltreated. The people were being treated badly. The Lord said, "I have seen the pain, the affliction, the sufferings of my people." And I have come down. I come down because it's compassion on the people. 
the same way we trust today in our suffering, in in our trials, in our afflictions. You may not say that He has come down before Him. The Holy Spirit is there in our suffering, is there in our trial, is there in our pain, in whatever situation. It might be that we are passing through fire, is there. It might be we are passing through water, water is about to run over, about to be overwhelmed with waters. Followed all we want. He is there. He will take over. If we allow him, if we are not discouraged. Father, take over every situation that is going on now with our listening in whatever situation, whatever circumstances. Thank you, Father, for taking over. Take over in my name of Jesus in our situation, in our going, in our coming, in, in our lying, in our rising up. Take over, Spirit of living God. Take over, my Lord, my God. In our sleep, in our dream, take over, Mr. God. Take over, cover us in the name of Jesus. Cover us, God, with your shield. Direct us, O God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Now, those with this gift have great empathy for others in their trials and in their suffering. They are able to come alongside people over extended periods of time and see them through their healing process. They are truly and literally the hands and the fields of God to the afflicted and to the uh, weary and to the uh, 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 suffering uh, people. It might not be a Christian. It might be uh, just a, a neighbor. We are there to be merciful to them as well. Not just your brother, not just your sister, to everyone that we see. That is how we will be able to touch their lives. Hallelujah. Now, the Holy Spirit gives this spiritual gift of mercy to people in the church to love and assist those who are suffering and afflicted and walk with them until the Lord allows their body to be lifted up. You know, I talked about the gift of mercy, which was found in God's mercy towards us as sinners, and is consistently uh, expressed with the measurable compassion we have today in Him, and with the dispassion of the Holy Spirit to us today that stays with us. So those with this gift are able to weep with those who weep. Romans chapter 12, verse 15. And we are to be happy with those who are happy. Not just weeping. So when they are also rejoicing, we also rejoice with them. Not to be envy about them. Not to be jealous about them. But we are to weep with those who weep. We are not to rejoice when we are weeping. And bear with one another's burden. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. So when our brother falls or our sister falls, we have to lift them up. And he also says that we have to also bear one another's burden. That is verse 2. They are sensitive to the feelings and circumstances of others. I can quickly discern when someone is not doing well. Are you able to discern when somebody is not doing well? Are you able to discern? It's a, it's a gift. They are typically good listeners 
and feel the need to simply be there for others. They are typically what good listeners and feel the need to simply be there for others. So there are so many scriptures here for us to read. Uh, Romans chapter 12 verse 8, the book of Matthew chapter 5 verse 7, the book of Luke chapter 10, 30 to 37, and the book of James chapter 3 verse 17. And my time has run out. And Jude verse 22 to 23. Okay. Hallelujah. So I I hope we had time, good time today, and uh, hopefully next week there are so many other gifts left we have not done yet. So we'll be talking about that next week. So it's my prayer that God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and let his, his, his wisdom, his understanding overshadow you and his knowledge as well even as we continue to be uh, on this gifting. I be that the Lord will shower you with this gift, overflowing gift, overshadow you with this gift, with this ability in the name of Jesus. Receive the gift of the Spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Receive the gift of the Spirit of God. Receive the gift of the Father receive the gift of Christ in each form, in his grace, in the name of Jesus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.